last Sunday. He's someone all of us know very well, and a friend to our church, and I told him just a moment ago, uh, you know, when folks come in who our folks love and our folks are attentive to and receive a lot of spiritual meat from, it always does the pastor good uh, to have folks like that come in. So I appreciate him being here, uh, and tonight's going to share something a little bit different with us. going to share the new ministry that they have embarked upon as the Lord has led them out of uh, the full-time pastorate. He'd been there almost 30 years, uh, most of the time there in Canton, Illinois, and the Lord used them there uh, as a great church there, still there, uh, and now is a part of a ministry called Teaching All Nations. He'll explain that to us a little bit tonight, uh, but as we go throughout this year, we started off the year, I mentioned to our church that we're looking at our Jerusalem, our Judea, and uttermost parts of the earth, our Jerusalem being reaching Hattiesburg, our Heart for the Hub campaign, which has kind of already begun, but not really in earnest with our new tracks yet. That'll be very soon, but then our Judea is kind of a regional thing where we try to strengthen other churches in our region, uh, but then there's the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, we can't all go. You know, somebody's got to stay and make sure other folks are able to go. Uh, but there are people who are willing to go, and not only people who are willing, uh, but there's people who are very equipped to go. And someone that has pastored as long as he has and has, has the ministry experience that he does, uh, what a valuable asset that is to the Lord to be used overseas to not only reach people but help train people, which is a large part of the ministry God's called them into. Uh, and so tonight, Brother Ogle's going to come and share that with us. Uh, look forward to partnering with them in that ministry to support them as they go on our behalf. Uh, but let's welcome Brother Ogle to the pulpit again here at Central. Amen. So good to see y'all. First, let me say, uh, I don't really know what to do. Uh, Brother Heath, my son-in-law, told me that y'all usually get done at 7.15. And it's 7.15. So, <laughs> now, Brother Richard said I could go to 9. Okay. Brother Jeff, he said that he was wanting me to preach with both barrels, but he was not going to be here. He's going to go sit out in the car, you know. So, I don't know where I'm at right now, but I am very thankful y'all been so kind to me and my wife and uh, my kids, and I know Rachel, she's one of our better, mo better models that we put out, she's an 84 model, and uh, she's one of our better ones, and, and we love her, we really do, we like being around her, and uh, so when we were in between churches and, and uh, we decided to stop here, we had a full week, so we just came out and stayed with her. And enjoyed the grandkids, and it was just really good. So I do appreciate you being so kind and letting us come and be with you here on this Wednesday night. Brother Jeremiah is just outstanding. He's he's a fine man, and he's doing a great work here. And I hope you'll stand behind your pastor and and getting this uh, the now. <laughs> and he even gave me a little pen last time. You know, I was here so I could get involved too. So we're going to look at several things tonight. I want to tell you about the the ministry. I'll explain it as well as I can and uh, tell you how we got going on it, and then we'll uh, talk about the Bible a little bit, and uh, so we'll do that. If I can, I'd like you to turn in the Bible to the book of Matthew and just stay right there at the very first part of Matthew, and then we'll get, get to looking at it here in just a minute. I'm unaccustomed to this thing that you put on your ear here. And uh, we had one at our church. The PA guys got one for me and, and ended up all the speakers wore it. You know, I never did, you know. So I'm getting a taste of my own medicine, you know. But uh, I do appreciate you uh, coming tonight. It is always a blessing to back up your pastor and everything. Um, let me uh, go ahead and pray and we'll get started. Father, please bless us tonight. 
we do appreciate Wednesday night service. We always call it hump day because it's kind of like the, the middle of the week. And uh, it's really good that we can come here. We can hear the word. We can meet up and meet with our family, church family, and, and give us a little boost for the rest of the week. And uh, we're thankful that uh, you meet with us as a group. And, Lord, we just pray that you and the Holy Spirit would meet with us tonight. And, Lord, whatever Bible we look at, it's going to be good. We like that. But we pray that you'd teach us tonight and help us to learn and that we might be able to use it to help other people. And we love you. We thank you. And please help us to be on top and, uh, and Lord, reach this area uh, and reach all the folks here at this church. And, Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Now, um, when I first uh, got started, I was um, a, just out of the military. I'd just gotten saved, me and Robin. Uh, we got married, and, and we decided we was going to live a Christian life. And uh, God had impressed us to just do it right. So we moved across from a church, and, and we bought a house, and we just started on the right track. We started noticing that. Kids wasn't really liking church, although we were enjoying it. We were, you know, uh, hearing preaching and stuff, but the kids wasn't really getting much out of it. And we prayed about it, and we found another church where people were actually getting saved in the service. And we couldn't believe it. And we had uh, preachers getting up, and people got uncomfortable and stuff like that, you know. And, and just literally people filling in the aisles and everything. So we said, we're going to go there. And, uh, and we decided to go there, and it just literally changed our life because um, we started a bus route, and I ended up being a deacon, and, and everything just, it, it just changed our life. Because one uh, night, this fella took me to, my pastor took me to a sort of Lord conference, and uh, I got to hear some mighty men of God speak. And when they did, I got called to preach, and I remember come out, and, uh, and, uh, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one of these preachers. I didn't want to, but I just couldn't stand it. I asked my pastor, and he said, yeah, well, I think that's what you need to do. And uh, came back and uh, came and told my wife I need to prepare. And uh, so we went to Bible college. And um, I was already 28 years old. We had five kids. But I knew when God was impressing my heart to do something, I knew I needed to do it. And, uh, and I wasn't one to just sit there anyways. Her and I both were kind of active people. And uh, so we decided we'd go. And uh, I, I tried it the right way. I, I took, you know, we dropped the kids off at choir. And I told her, I said, let's me and you go get a taco, you know. And, and uh, so we drove there while the kids were at church, you know. And uh, y'all don't do that, but, uh, but uh, you know, we, we did. And, uh, and I said, baby, I need to go to Bible college. And she said, well, I knew you would. And she says, uh, yeah, that's fine. I'm for it. And so uh, uh, I got back to the church. And at that church, you could, uh, when you made a decision for the Lord, you'd, the preacher would hand you the microphone, and you'd just tell the folks what your decision was. And a uh, pretty good-sized church, but it was just, you know, a long time ago. And, and uh, so I told him, I said, well, I've decided to go to Bible college. And I said, I'm going to leave in two weeks. I want everybody to come over to the house, and y'all buy whatever you want, you know. And 
My wife had a stroke, you know, because <laughs> I had sold everything in the house that night, you know. She just thought I meant that one day I'd go. I didn't, she didn't think I meant like, you know, this week. <laughs> but uh, it was a big time. It really was. We threw everything in a, in a big truck, and uh, we, off we went, except the truck that I had bought was a big beer truck. It said on the side of it, Ham's Beer Truck. We pulled up to the Bible College right in the front door, man. I didn't know any better. I didn't know where, I barely knew where the college was. I didn't know, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a, you know, a house or anything. We pulled up. The guy come out, you know, he said, what do you want? <laughs> I told him, I said, I'm here to go to Bible College. I said, where do you want me to park this? Because you know, I had all my stuff in it, you know. He said, in the back. <laughs> you know? So they were surprised to see me, but we hit it with both feet. And to tell you the truth, that's the way we always have done it. As soon as the Lord has spoke to us, we did it. As soon as we graduated college, they, they said, you know, I was wanting to, to uh, take a church somewhere, and Brother Hiles asked me to go start one somewhere. So we went out to the hills of Kentucky. We went and started one. Actually, we started two. And uh, so then, uh, to be quite honest, uh, somebody called us out of the hills of Kentucky into Canton, Illinois, and we stayed there for the remainder of my 30 years as pastor. While I was pastoring 10 years ago, my son got called into being a missionary. And he got called. Now, I wanted my kids to serve the Lord, but I wanted them to serve here in the country. You know? And I wanted them to find a nice little church to serve. But Adam took it on to go into mission work, and you know where he went. You know, you probably grew up like I did, you know, watching TV, and probably about the same time I did. You know, I watched Marlon Perkins in the helicopter and, you know, in the Africa. <laughs> you know, he'd send out Mr. Parker to wrestle a hippopotamus, you know. And uh, Marlon Perkins was always safe in the helicopter, so I thought that's the way it'd be in Africa. That's where Adam went, he and his wife, to be missionaries. That's not the way it is over there, <laughs> okay? Adam was over there, and he called me and says, Dad, you need to come here. I was like, no, I'm not, I don't want to go there. That's scary over there. There's animals, you know. And, uh, and so we went, mainly to see my son. You know, I wanted to see him, see how he's doing. And when I was there, you know what? Even though we saw animals and stuff, it wasn't the, the issue. The issue was, is when we got there, we saw the people. And the people were so kind. And they were so hungry for God. I mean, they were really hungry. They'd walk hours just to hear you speak. And you know, when you got, you know, like my daughter, she says, Now, Dad, if you want to get something to eat, you know, you're going to have to keep it short. You know, <laughs> not there in Africa, buddy, they won't. The whole time, you know, you don't cut your sermon short. They'll they'll rebuke you. <laughs> they said, man, we just walked two hours. We want the whole deal, buddy. You know, they want it. I mean, they are just uh, unbelievable and sweet and kind as you ever thought they'd ever be. And we were just, we just literally just fell in love with the people. We came back and we started supporting them. We started supporting the missions and then our missions Changed. My wife and I both wanted to be a missionary in some way. Of course, we couldn't. We're pastor and pastor's wife. We were supporting probably 30 uh, missionaries at the time. We couldn't do it. We had to stay there and kept our church going. 
But, uh, well, after a while, uh, we had gotten TAN going or Teaching All Nations. And what happened was is that they started realizing that Teaching All Nations was a method of teaching the Bible uh, and to train nationals, which are people who've been won by the missionary who are preparing to do the same as the missionary, but in their own country. A national is somebody who is reaching their own people in their own church or in their own community or in their own country, and they're not leaving their country to train. So the missionary has to come up with something to train those people. And uh, you can imagine a missionary is, he works himself to death. They really do. I mean, they have full schedule. They, they work, you know, sometimes 12 and 14, 16 hours a day and literally fall in the bed to sleep. And they don't have any extra money. They really do work hard. And so what they did, Adam and uh, Ed Tutton, my son and Ed Tutton, two people who had many degrees on the back of their name, uh, they uh, uh, formed a uh, curriculum, which is a Bible curriculum, a step-by-step Bible college curriculum, which is organized into 150 lessons, which is a three-year period of time, which is chronologically ordered just as Jesus did in training his disciples. So they went through the four Gospels and they just took what Jesus did to train his disciples and he did the same thing and made it into 150 lessons. And I, to- and I thought, isn't that wonderful? What a great idea. I said, you know, you guys are crazy. Why not bring this to the states where we can send it out to all missionaries, not just where you guys are? And so... For years now, for 10 years, we've been working. It's in 13 different countries. It's working fabulously in several countries. I even found out this morning that there's a place in, in Europe that a, a, a man is using it. And, and I'm excited about that one. I just found out about that one this morning. So I'm excited about it. Now, it has three levels. We start out, we train them as, as followers, and then we train them into internship, and then we train them into leadership. And uh, I like that. Because it's the same way that the Bible does. The same way that they trained the apostles. The same way that Jesus did. I like talking about the way Jesus did it. Because, see, Jesus is the master teacher. If I'm going to copy somebody, let's copy Jesus. Amen? I mean, you got to admit that if we're going to copy somebody, why not copy the perfect one? Amen? Those who are... Uh, going to teach others the knowledge of God ought to be well acquainted with him theirself. I think that what we ought to be doing is teaching about Jesus, but not only about Jesus, but how Jesus did it. And that's what TAN is all about, or teaching all nations. It is the process that Jesus did in the Bible. Um, I will say that there's a simple method uh, and how we do it is, uh, we have sample booklets if you'd like to see one. But uh, I do have prayer cards out on the table too if you'd grab one. And please pray for us. I really do mean that. I've been pastoring for 30 years. I now know what a missionary means when he says, I need you to pray for us. We need support, but we really need you to pray for us. Reason being, because every one of these uh, trips that we take, um, we're looking at India right now. 
Uh, we, have, we had a phone call this morning. They're begging us to come to India to start one. A fellow in the guy, Hyperabad is a place that they want us to come. We want to go. And uh, uh, we want to help them. But each time we make a trip, it's $15,000. We have four trips right now. We have Uganda. We have Malawi. We have Thailand. We have now uh, India. And each time we make a trip. So we can't go until we raise the money. But, uh, but we are successfully, uh, you know, attempting each one of these things. But here's how Jesus does it. Have you ever noticed that when Jesus is training his men, he asks them a question? Over 135 times, well, actually over 300 times he asks questions, but 130 of them uh, are the uh, one time he asks. He asks questions like, whom do people say that I am? And then he backs it up with another question. He says, whom do you say that I am? And do you know that that's asking, you know, the first time a, a word is spoken in the book of John, Jesus is asking, says, what is it you want? I mean, you think about questions, it makes you have to think. Have you ever had your mama ask you a question? Why did you do that? I mean, you stop and think, don't you? <laughs> Some of y'all scared of shotguns and, and, and uh, big cars, stuff like that. No, I'm scared of mama. Amen. I still eat my green beans even though I hate them. Because <laughs> I'm scared she's going to find out I didn't do it. He asked the question, what is written in the law? A lot of people don't like the Old Testament. I'm going to tell you something. Isn't it kind of funny? Jesus said, what's written in the law? I like that idea. Because when Jesus asks that question, what he's saying is it is important. I like the idea that uh, many were called and few were chosen. You know what he was doing? There's a little bit of a, a process. You know what he's doing? He's saying, hey, I'm going to take a follower and then I'm going to make him into something else. Many were called and few were chosen. That means there's a process of taking a person from here to here. And he trains people. You know, much like a Wednesday night, you're an unusual sort because you've come out from the group to make a little bit more out of your life. Uh, you're saying, I'm going to give another night. I know when I first started, I would go on Sunday morning. I'd say, hey, man, this is exciting. Let's go Sunday morning. I didn't even know they had Sunday school. I just went to the Sunday morning session, and I thought, man, this is the greatest thing I've ever. I don't know how I missed this. This is crazy, going to Sunday morning. And then when I was, I was there, I, I, I'll be honest with you, I thought they had Sunday school, but it was for kids. But then they told me they had adult Sunday school, and I said, man, sign me up. I didn't know you had that, but I was excited. But then they had Sunday night. Man, let me go, brother. And then they said Wednesday night. I said, well, I don't know if I can make it, but I'm going to try. Excited. And what it is is your desire to be closer to God and to get more out of it. Boy, I tell you what, my, wife, my uh, daughter, she brought home a piece of pie last night. And I told her, she said, here, Dad, here's a big piece of pie for you. I said, oh, thank you, baby. I went over there, and, you know, I cut a little bitty sliver off of it. Because I didn't want to eat the whole thing. I thought, you know, that's not proper. You know, I'm staying at her house and everything. Well, I was back here in a few minutes <laughs> cutting off another sliver. 
after a few minutes, I went and got another one. You know what? I should have just ate the whole thing to start with because I just kept on going back. Amen. And the Lord looked at us and he says, look, I want to train you. The idea behind training nationals is this, is they're hungry for training. And the missionary wants to train that national. But he is limited by time and money. The national can't come to America. But he wants to reach his people. We were talking to uh, Jerry while uh, Jerry White. We was over there in uh, Tanzania. And we helped him start his. He's quite successful. He just had two graduates uh, this last year. And, uh, and he told us, he showed us, he showed us a, a place. He said, look, I'm doing everything I can do. He said, I preach every day. He says, several times a day sometimes. He says, I am doing everything I can do in order to do what I can do here. He said, I'm reaching Tanzania the best I can. He said, but you see that mountain range? He said, that's within walking distance. And he says, I can tell you right now, there's a thousand villages there. He said, but I can't reach them. I don't have the time or the money or the, the ability. He said, but I have a lot of men in this church. And he says, if I train them, they can reach it. And so what we need to do is help him get his men trained. So we went and saw him. He got his, uh, his, uh, uh, his school going. And uh, he's already got graduates, and they're already working. We did the same thing with the College of West Africa. We did the, uh, the one for Mark Holmes, and he's doing well. And he's got, I think, 35. We've got three different places right now that are screaming with 65 people in each one of the areas that are begging for us to come. Um, I will say this. The method is right. The curriculum is right. We just need to get to them and get it done. And, uh, and that's what we're looking for. It's a basic question and answer type curriculum, but uh, it's all about the Bible. Let me just show you a few things, if you would. Take your Bibles, and I want you to look right there in Matthew. I want you to look at chapter 4, and I want you to look at vo- verse 25. I said 23. It says, and Jesus went about all the Galilee, what? Teaching in the synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and manner of disease among the people. So the first thing he did was teaching. Look at verse 25. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem and from Judea and from Jordan. So in other words, once he got it going, he started teaching. He got a great multitude, and then they started coming from every town. Boy, isn't that amazing. Jesus did what we're trying to tell you we needed to do. How about uh, Matthew 5? Look at Matthew 5 right there. Look at verse 1. And the multitudes, he went up to a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, and he gave this sermon that we all know as the Beatitudes. Now, let me ask you something. Does this show a progression to you? Does this show you that first he has a group of people and he teaches them and then a larger group comes and then he takes them up to the mountain and he gets them closer and then he starts teaching them even more and closer? That's exactly what fellowship is. 
That's where it starts. When you get somebody that's coming, you draw them in a little closer and you start teaching them more. And it could be just one person. You know, you have discipleship programs in your church. We had it in our church, and, and we have a discipleship program. When somebody starts coming, that tells you that they're hungry. They need something in their life, and they need somebody to teach them. It could be a deacon. It could be a Sunday school teacher. It could be just somebody who's been around a long time. I want to tell you something. The greatest investment you can make is teaching somebody God's Word. And I'm going to tell you, that's where, hey, look, investment. In, in Luke 6, 38, it says, he'll return it. Hey, uh, press down and with good measure. When you see somebody else living for God and you're saying, boy, I, I kind of helped them out a little bit, it'll make you feel great. I'm going to tell you, it's a blessing to be able to say that kind of thing. Um, you know, he, um, he prepared his followers for service. Look at verse 3 here. Look at uh, chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's preparing them. He said, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit earth. So what he's doing is he's preparing them as followers, and he's trying to tell them how, okay, look, you're going to have to be humble, and you're going to have to enjoy it. And he started telling them, he said, this is about the satisfied life of a Christian. Can you imagine that? He's up in the mountain. He's drawn up a couple of the disciples, and he's saying, listen, fellas, i got some things i got to tell you. He said, I want to train you so that you'll know just exactly what God's going to do for you. And you know what? I don't know how you got it. But I remember when I was first getting led to the Lord, the guy told me, he said, listen, you need to get saved. He said, because you're very valuable to God. And I was looking at the guy like he was crazy. I said, apparently, you don't know me very well. I said, I'm a crazy, wild man. I was in the military at the time. And, and I told him, I said, I don't go to church, buddy. I've never read the Bible. I don't do that stuff. And he, he said, yes, but you could. He had hope for me. He was looking at me like I was going to be something one day. And I couldn't get over that. I was excited that he was excited. And I thought, man, this guy's lost his nut or something, you know. But I thought, well, maybe he's right. Maybe I can do something. That's almost 40 years ago. My secretary, one day, I, I preached my testimony many times, and, and, uh, and she remembered his name, and she got on this Facebook thing, and she found out who he was and where he was, and she sent him a text message, and she said, uh, would you come to our church and, and, and uh, tell about how you want our preacher? Well, he didn't even hardly remember. He said, sure, I'll come. He came. And he could not believe. Actually, he got to the microphone. He said, I'm going to tell you this right now. He said, I can't believe this guy is the pastor here. <laughs> One and the same. But I'll tell you this. The greatest thing that ever happened to me is when I got saved. And I remember that boy that won me to the Lord. First thing he did, he took me to the Bible store, a Christian bookstore. And he walked me in there and he says, I want you to pick out one of them Bibles. And then Bibles, them days, I think they were like $20, but it was a high dollar to pay for a Bible. And he trained me in the Bible. He took me to the Bible, and he held it out, and he showed me Bible verses. And he said, this is where you start reading. He took me to the book of John. I started reading there. 
He even bought me a little book on things that Christians do. And I remember reading that book. And matter of fact, I come to the part about prayer. And, uh, and I prayed. And it said, I remember it says, pray specifically. And I said, okay, I'll pray specifically. And I got down beside the bed. And I opened that book up and I prayed for specifically. And I said, I'm going to pray for a wife. And I said, I need a wife. I said, I'm tired of dating and all that stuff. I'm, I'm praying for a wife. And I said, uh, she has to be a Christian. Uh, okay, that'd be good. I said, I need, uh, I need it really stick out. I don't want to miss her. So if she, you know, she's really good. I, I got to get her, you know. And, uh, and I don't even care if she's got a couple kids. So that was my prayer. One week later, I'm eating dinner at a place. And this lady comes over and taps me on the shoulder. And she comes up and she says, uh, sir, she says, uh, my name's Robin Flowers. And she said, um, I had a dream last night and you're that guy that was in that dream. And she said, uh, we got married and I had a baby girl and, uh, uh, if you want to talk to me, I'm over there at the Waffle House. I was like, well, that sticks out. I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't think I can miss that one, you know. But I still wasn't real sure, you know. So I got up a little bit later and I went over there to Waffle House because I had to clear my mind. <laughs> I was told I was blown away, you know. And she was real pretty, too. Hell. But I went over there to Waffle House and she was sitting there and she said, by the way, I'm a Christian, and I don't, you know, I'm a Christian girl. And she said, I've already got two children. She said, my husband was killed. And she said, I just thought I'd let you know that right up front. I said, wait a minute. She's a Christian. It really did stick out. She's got two kids. I said, specifically what I prayed for a week ago. I said, this is my wife sitting here. And it's at Waffle House. <laughs> I said, this is cool. I sat there and I talked to her. All because this guy took a little bit of time to show me a Bible and give me a book about prayer. He helped me. And now I've been a preacher for 30 years and I can't believe the blessing that God has given me this life. Now listen. Tonight, I'm just telling you that there's people all over the world that wish that somebody would tell them about the Bible. They hear about Christianity. They hear about everything. Look, hey, Jesus taught. Jesus taught. He taught in the Bible. He taught individually. Take your Bible and turn to Luke 5. Turn to Luke 5. This is an amazing part. Does anybody like fishing? Y'all like fishing? I got in a good bit of trouble before I went in the military. And uh, my, my mother called my grandpa. And, uh, and I was about to get thrown out of school. And if it tells you anything in that day, you, you couldn't have hair over your collar, you know, back in that day. And I had long hair and a long old beard, you know. And, and yeah, in, in high school. And my grandpa, he'd come over and he said, I, I remember sitting in class. I was sitting in class, you know, and I saw my grandpa pull in, he had an old Chevy C10, you know, he pulled in, parking lot there at high school, 
I saw my papa there, and he had a fishing, uh, he had his fishing boat on the back of the truck. I sitting there, I was thinking, what is papa doing here? You know, and uh, I got out in the parking lot, and I said, Papa, what are you doing? He said, We're going fishing. I said, We are. He said, Yeah. He said, Come on, let's go. And uh, I was all for it, you know. And we stayed out all night. You know, Papa said a lot of important things. You know, he, he didn't speak much, but he would tell you. He knew I was getting in trouble. You know, it was amazing. It was a Friday. You know, Friday, Friday night, that's when kids get in trouble. He's pretty smart. So you can teach fishing. Daddy, listen to what happens here. Look at Luke 5. And it came to pass that the people pressed him to hear. Okay, that's a big group of people, right? What do we call them? Followers? Huh? Call them followers, right? Pressed upon him to hear the word of God. That's a good thing. He stood by the lake of Jacinaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of it, and then he was washing their nets. And he entered into one of them, which was Simon's. Now, doesn't it kind of make you think that he knew that was Simon's? Amen. He could have entered either one, but he entered into Simon's. And he prayed him. And the word prayed means ask. And he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So he was a teaching right there. You know how it is on the water, your voice carries? And he was just pulled out a little bit from the bank. And, the, you know, the bank's probably like an like a, a amphitheater, you know. And he was up there teaching. And he was a talking to them and everything. And old Peter was sitting there. And, and he was like, oh, brother, I've been up fishing all night. And here this guy's talking about God. And, oh, you know how you fellas are. You go fishing. You'd rather be fishing. You don't want to go to, hey, listen to what has happened. He says, and he sat down and talked the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left the speaking, he said to Simon, Uh-oh, here we go. Launch out into the deep. This is where Peter starts getting a lesson. I've learned these lessons. I know what's about to happen. March 27th was my last day at my home church. I've been there a long time, already, already won. I've already got everything squared away, got ready for retirement and everything. And, oh, man, everybody knew me and my wife, and we had it all set. And God said, Greg, I want you to go and lead 10, and I want you to go to churches and get people to be for teaching all nations, and I want you to go to other countries and help it happen. I want you to launch out into the deep. And I was like, well, man, I don't know that stuff. Man, I don't have, what, you know, and I got a wife, man. We got to, you know, and see what he says. Simon answered unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night. We have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at the word, I will let down the net. So I said, Lord, okay. All right. Is the Lord talking to you about something? And when they had done this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. It's amazing how we're getting phone calls like left and right. The net's getting full. Now, this presents a great problem here. 
You know, have you ever been fishing and you catch a lot of fish or big fish? You ever done that? You never call your friend until after he's in the boat and at home, you know, you put him on the wall. You want to call and tell him. This, he got excited and he called his friends, James and John, sitting over there. Hey, y'all get over here. Because God wanted James and John too. They needed training too. Let's read on. Let's see what it says. So I let down the net. And when they had done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned one unto their partners and the other ship. And they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships. And they began to sink. Listen to what happened. The Simon Peter saw it and fell down in Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And for he was astonished at where with him and draught of the fishes that they had taken. Now, the amazing thing about this is, is that all three of them learned their lesson right there. Amen. They'd been taught and they'd been trained. Key ingredient is finding out that Jesus is all powerful. Yes. He is all powerful. Yes. When you get that concept, you kind of can get things in your mind that you say, you say, you know what? I'm just going to follow the Lord. Yes. He knows what he's doing. When we walked out, we told the church, we said, you don't need to pay us anymore. You don't need to give us insurance anymore. You don't need to do this, that, and the other thing. We're good. Now, they did give us a car. That was cool. We just wrote everything else off. And we know that God will take care of us. And he has. But here's the thing. When you get in the deep water, you better be trusting God. See, this was a training step for Peter. You know that Peter ended up preaching the greatest revival there in the New Testament? You know what he did? He trusted Jesus. He figured it out. He got some training. And the key ingredient on being a follower is being obedient. Boy, I'll tell you what. Isn't that something? Boy, when, when God tells you to do something, just go ahead and obey. And Peter did that. And then James and John, they obeyed. They come right over. And you know what? That's, that's part of leadership. You know, your preacher comes up and he says, hey, this is what we need to do. This is what God's told me. This is where we're headed. And you know what all he's doing is trying to obey. How many times did God tell, uh, you know what? I take my wife out fishing and, and uh, I know I need to be a good husband. So I need to take my wife fishing. She needs to go fishing. <laughs> and so I say, okay, God, I'm going to take my wife fishing. Me and her buddies, we do everything together now. And so we go out in the boat and we fish. I don't mind her going with me. Actually, I love the company. She's wonderful. She loves to talk. She loves being outside. She even, hey, I don't mind, you know, bait and hook, whatever. And uh, I don't mind pulling them out of the trees. I do everything. It's a great opportunity for me to investigate all the floral. <laughs> I'll be in the trees a lot. But, uh, but anyways, but listen, I never thought that God would give her big fish. <laughs> she catch some whoppers. And man, it's exciting when we go, we catch these big five pounders, you know, bass and stuff. And I'm thinking, man, wait a minute. I don't know about this. I was supposed to catch the big ones. It's all about me. Even if I got to catch, you know, 10 two-pounders would be bad. But sometimes she's catching them all. And she'd go home and tell all her Sunday school class and all them women would roast me. 
Boy, Miss Ogle's a lot better fisherman than you are, you know. I said, wait a minute, this ain't working right. But, you know, here's the thing. God has a plan. And you know what? The plan might not make sense to you at the time. But you know what? He's, got, he's going to use everybody. Anybody that's obedient, he's going to put them to work for some reason. And this, a church this size has many, many things that needs to be done. And it doesn't matter what it is, whether you're working in the nursery, whether you're working in the, the PA, or if you're working out there in the lobby or anything. I came in, and this one guy said, oh, I'm just a, I just work here. I just do a little something. I said, hey, man, everybody counts here. Everybody does. If you're working on the buses or if you're, I saw the, uh, the games the other day, man, what a good time. Except y'all don't get mad enough around here. Man, I'm telling you, I was so mad and I was cheering on Cam and, and, and I was thinking he was doing the best and this other kid, you know, treated him wrong. I was ready to yell and scream and, you know, cheer on Chad. I, I can't do that. It's, y'all are, all y'all's teams are right here. So I can't get mad at anybody that's in the same church, you know. So I got it, okay. <laughs> but, but I was saying, man, isn't this wonderful? You had a guy over there pitching. You had a guy umping and, and everything. John was doing a great job. And all that took people to work and pitch in and help. God used everybody. The idea here is, is it takes a little training. Everybody's got to pitch in. And in another country, though, a missionary can't do it all. He's got to train some people to do it. He's got to have some curriculum to do it. He's got to have some help in starting a little Bible college. Because what happens is, is just like this. This influence that y'all have other, other churches, they need it too. And he had Peter in there and had James and John. And ended up, that was the three key people. Remember in the garden in Gethsemane? Remember he was in there and he had those three. They was the closest ones to him. Peter, James, John. They became the most vital people. You know what? He started training them right at the start. I wonder how close he got with them. You know, he was very close to them. Probably because of all the good training he gave them. You know, the harder you work for the Lord, the closer you're going to get. Amen? Now, the, the idea here is, is that we need to help some other people in other countries. But the key thing is around here, the harder you work, the closer you're going to get to them. And your pastor is going to give you a little bit more extra. It's going to mean more when he gets up here and preaches. Amen? Well, God bless you. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for this. Let's all bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you for this time that we have here. And, uh, Lord, I would pray that you would uh, continue to bless Hattiesburg and uh, Central Baptist. And, and, Lord, this program that they got right now where they're reaching right here and then reaching out a little bit more and, and, and to the outer the uttermost and and lord as we all think about uh acts 1 8 we know that you want us to reach out and lord help them to be able to accomplish their goals i pray god tonight that you would help them and strengthen them and help them and uh father we pray that you'd help the pastor and his staff and and all these people they've been so kind to us and we love them and uh and pray for them and uh lord we just pray that you'd bless even in this evening and if folks need it, and Lord, that they could, uh, uh, Brother Jeremiah, to take the service now. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.